got a lot to cover this week. Uh, thank you again for joining me on uh, this Sunday morning. Um, had to take a hiatus last week, but we're back this week. Um, we've got a lot of South Jersey action, a lot of it that's going on. We've got action all over the state that's going on. I'm pulling up here. First off, i got to thank Rod is back in the studio with us this week after, look, man, the guy's been recouping, rehabbing. He's back. Rod, thanks for being here today. Uh, thanks for having me back. <laughs> it feels a little weird, but, yeah, I'm back. You're back. That's all that matters. Um, it's that season. It's that season. Temperatures are starting to dip. I know Rod, Rod's body's sensitive to those Colder temperatures, I think they were sending you a red flag warning sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. It was getting me ready for the the cold games, you know? Yeah, it's starting to feel like football weather, Rod. Um, and, you know, last night was no different. I was out at Winslow, and, and you know how it gets at Winslow when the temperature drops. It gets pretty frigid pretty quickly. Um, Winslow gets that one 21-14 over Shawnee in a really good game. We're going to touch on that here in a second. But first off, I want to thank uh, you know our sponsor here, South Jersey Elite Realty Group, uh, for putting us on. I want to thank all of you again for tuning in to my Hats Off podcast. The second year, and we're getting our footing. So we got Derek in the comments here. Derek, I know it was not a not a great weekend for for your herd. They're handed their first loss against Haddonfield. Uh, 28 to 7 on Friday night, as Declan McCarthy, a hat man, uh, did his best. Um, I think he had four total touchdowns. I think he ran for one and threw for a few, something along those lines. Might have been three. But we got Dwayne in here. Congratulations, Dwayne, for Union's big win over Somerville. Guys, want to make sure uh, paying attention to what's going on in North Jersey this year. Specifically, I want to touch on a couple games up there here as the show wears on. Uh, first and foremost, my thoughts and, uh, you know, most heartfelt feelings out to Linden. I know that they lost a young man this week, Xavier McLean, on Wednesday, passed away, 16-year-old who had suffered a head injury in a game uh, a couple of weeks ago. Linden beat Perth Amboy 13 to nothing yesterday. Uh, that score doesn't, you know, I'm sure it uh, – Sure, it was an emotional day for those young men and uh, that community. That score doesn't really matter. What matters is, uh, you know, the family of the McLean, Mr. McLean, and um, you know, just unspeakable, unspeakable stuff. So our thoughts go out to all of them. Speaking of unspeakable, uh, Collingswood and Mastery Charter. Collingswood had a wild week. Uh, specifically, Coach Mike McEwen, a friend of the program, had a wild week because. First, the week starts out, Mike is supposed to play Sterling, and we touched on this Wednesday night. If you miss Max Soapbox, he was talking about it on Wednesday night. Uh, Sterling didn't have enough players to field a varsity team, uh, which is, you know, tough in its own right. So Collingswood loses that game. They end up scheduling Mastery Charter Camden, Coach Still and company step up in their first varsity season to play at Collingswood on Friday night. Someone at some point threatens to shoot people at the game, and the game is called a 0-0 tie in the middle of the third quarter. Um, sadly, this pales in comparison to events we've already seen in South Jersey football and in football nationwide. High school football. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I don't know. You know, you never know if it's kids, you know, joking around, if it's if it's actual people with with poor intent, but it doesn't matter either way, man. It's just ridiculous that they can't finish a football game, a high school football game, because someone threatens violence against somebody else. Am I right, Rod? A hundred percent. I mean, dealing with the climate that we're in in America in a world in general, that's just something that you just can't take lightly, whether it's a kid playing, an adult who, you know, could be serious. I mean, we're, we're kind of like desensitized to this a little bit because it's like, you know, it, it starts to become the norm 
a little bit with, you know, some of the antics that are going on. And, um, and we don't want to see any tragedy like we've seen before here in South Jersey over <clears throat> at attending a football game. Right. You know, we, you know, growing up, you always have a safe haven with mm-hmm. sports. Um, that's the way I grew up. Um, even the guys that, you know, growing up in the city, you know, you, you have all walks of life in the city. So even the guys that were quote unquote, the, the bad guys in the city always put a shield over the, the kids who yeah. were involved in sports. They wouldn't let them around certain activities and certain things going on. Yeah. And, um, they would never bring anything like that to the, you know, to, to the, to a youth game, a high school game. They, it, they would, they would try their best not to have anything involving any right. type of crime. You know what I mean? At, yeah. at a game. So yeah. it's just a little sad when you, when you hear, um, you know, threats of any kind. Yeah, you're you're right. Uh, uh, a few years ago, there was a, a young man killed at after a Millville youth practice. Remember that? The parking lot. Yeah, the youth um, youth football game, uh, and, uh, football practice. Yeah. You know, and that was the same deal. It's like um, those safe havens have to remain safe havens regardless. But um. It's terrible, terrible. Um, our thoughts to everybody who was affected by, by that, you know, the, both the teams not being able to finish the game. They, first they said maybe they'll finish it today. Uh, that was not the case. That game's going to remain a 0-0 tie, I believe. Um, just, you know, the, those are the down notes. But we want to accentuate the positive here and talk about all the good stuff in football in the state. And we got a lot of fans in here. Chris for Triton. Congrats on the win for the Mustangs. Hector. Uh, Hudson Catholic, Tyrone, I believe, Millville, Chris Baker, Glosser alum, uh, Tom Pagic, affiliated with uh, certainly this show, but Cherokee was off this week. His son plays for Cherokee. Anthony, Salem, um, and as I said before, Dwayne and Union and Derek with Woodbury. Mike McEwen is in here. And, and so this is the other thing that, you know, Mike says, short notice, Handled correctly, canceled the game. Um, everything was done right. Raymond is spelling it out for you, S-A-L-E-M. That's going to be the game of the week. We'll talk about that one in a bit, too, uh, next week. Big win for them against the Pirates of Cedar Creek yesterday at Walnut Street. But Mike says, you know, everything was handled well. Mike also, okay, talking about the, the week that he had, uh, can't play his rival, plays this other game that gets called for this ridiculousness. Uh, in the middle of it, that's enough for a week. But Mike also is, of course, uh, one of the main drivers of the West Jersey Football Coaches Association, friend of the programs. And they got that deal inked for next year's Battle at the Beach in Ocean City, 2023. IMG Academy of Florida against St. Joe Prep of Philadelphia. Be one of the biggest games, uh, I'm sure, of the year. I mean, anytime IMG's playing, it's one of the biggest games of the year nationally, and they will be at Battle at the Beach. It's pretty exciting, man. Third year, you got two national programs, um, one up here up the street and the other in Florida, coming to play ball. Yeah, we're, we're, we're turning into the football capital. That's what we want, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. We want, we want those uh, premier games played here on our soil, so. Um, it's, it's really great because of the, the South Jersey ties that both teams have. Um, you know, you have Big George Hageman down there, Cam the High alum. Mm-hmm. That's uh, part of running that program. Also, the coach at IMG, IMG is a, a Del Ran guy, I believe. Del Ran, I know he's in Heights, <coughs> Holy Cross. Right. I know he's been around. So, those are the things. And, and sometimes our premier players here in South Jersey that want to play on a national um landscape they go to IMG or they cross the bridge and go to St. Joe's so they still have a little South Jersey-ish to it you know yeah well there's connections there then when you look at the event as a whole uh certainly the South Jersey flavor I'm sure the leadership in in Coach Emil John Emil and uh, Coach McEwen want to continue to you know open the door to out of state and and in state and and I know that St. Joe Prep and, and IMG are not state schools but 
opens it up for anybody to come play. I mean, in, the, in a nationwide scale, that now that stamp of this is a great event, it's a cool event, uh, look, you know, we want to get in there too. We want to, if IMG can be in it, anybody can be in it, you know, that type of deal. Um, it's just really great. So congratulations to the to the ballot, the Beach and the Coaches Association. Uh, we're excited for it. We're not quite there yet. I mean, we got a lot a long ways to go. We still got to finish this season, but it's exciting. We don't, we haven't hit the midway point yet, and we already got bombs dropping here. You know. I know. It's <laughs> crazy. Um, lot to touch on. Again, Ron. Let's let's talk about the two games I saw quickly this weekend. On Friday night, Delcy and Kingsway, we were both there. Delcy wins 26 to 21 against Kingsway. They go up by two scores with, I don't know, five minutes left, and, and Kingsway ends up scoring, attempting an onside kick, not getting it. Delcy clinches it. Jared Shoppy wore the hat for the second time in three weeks, the fullback and linebacker, number seven, the heart and soul for the Crusaders. Um, I thought this was a game of missed opportunities on both sides. Delcy put it on the turf a couple times. Kingsway really couldn't um, channel those turnovers and turn them into positive momentum or, or, or shot plays, I would say. Daryl Brown was great again for Kingsway. Nate Mayers hit uh, Luke Van Brill for a touchdown. But I think both teams walked out of that thinking, okay, we know we were – for Kingsway, we're right there against you know the team we have ranked number two in South Jersey, one of the top ranked teams in the state public wise. We're right there. If we can you know tweak a couple things here and there, we can play with anybody, uh, which has kind of been Kingsway's mo here the last couple of years. We know they can play with anybody. For Delcy after the game, it was probably the one of the most lukewarm responses I've seen out of a coaching staff and a, and a team as a whole after a big win on the road. Um, not happy, not satisfied. Coach Marquet said, you know, we, we, we had a poor practice on Thursday and when, I mean, we told the team, if you practice like this, you will play poorly. And I did not think they played well. And they were fortunate enough to come out with a win. But those teaching moments are easier when you're still stacking wins, um, certainly. But it was, a, it was an entertaining game. Back and forth, some big plays. It definitely was. Um, I don't think either team played uh, up to what they would have expected to coming into that game. Right. Um, I kind of felt like – both teams were trying to fill each other out. They were just trying to figure out who was going to kind of take over. The, you, you, it's, I'm just watching the game, and I'm just neither neither team took control of the team uh, of the yeah, game. Yeah, I agree. It didn't I, have a it didn't have that vibe. Right, and it yeah. it was like I, the whole game. Even after the game ended, it kind of felt like you were waiting to see who was going to throw the first like blow to just say. This is our game. You yeah. know, it kind of ended the way it ended. But at the end of the day, I thought both teams had a chance of winning that game. They Neither one played up to their uh, capabilities, as I would look at it. But at the end of the day, you got to find a way to win. Delcy found a way, of, way to win. They, they leaned on their superstar. Mama, there goes that man, right? So, yeah. and on the other, on the flip side, you were kind of looking – I know me, I was kind of looking for Kingsway to kind of do a, a similar thing. Like, yeah. you know, when it's when it's one of those games, just lean on your find, – find whoever has a hot hand, whoever is that guy, just right. lean on them. You know, I was kind of lo looking for that. But it, it, it definitely was an exciting game, and it just shows Kingsway, like, hey, listen, you know, we lost. We, we didn't get the outcome that we wanted. Mm -hmm. But if we go back to the drawing board, like you said, we, we hone in on some things and we get good at something – we will be fine. We will be right back where we want to be come right. late November. Kingsway has, I think, Eastern next week and then Clearview the week after that. And then I believe they play Cherokee, um, some something like that. So uh, more than any other team, 
that we had kind of circled in the beginning of the season to say this could be a contender. Uh, Kingsway's schedule has kind of played out in chapters. Mm-hmm. That opening, they didn't play week zero. They lost to Williamstown. Then they turned the page, right? They come back. They beat Washington Township. Mm-hmm. They thump um, Vineland. So then the vibes are, are great again. They lose to Delcy. Now they got two games that, you know, you got to play them out. No disrespect to, to Eastern or Clearview, but two games that Kingsway would be favored in. Mm-hmm. And then that next game. So you could see it's kind of like two – Two games, one game, one, you know, so it, that, that's not making sense because I'm not making sense. It's, it's too early <laughs> it's morning. The, it's the, it's the build up. I, I get what you're you saying. You see what it's I mean? Up. Like, like some of these teams are playing week in, week out, those meat grinder games. And some teams are playing, you know, <clears throat> they're going through it. Then there's a, one big meat right. grinder game. But I mean, the one game that you, you're probably going to get to, um, they're kind of in that same little weird little pocket. Yeah. And I mean, I'm talking about Winslow. Yeah. They're kind of in that pocket, too, where, you know, you have some teams that are 4-0, and and then you have your Kingsway and your Winslows mm-hmm. who may – like before last night with Winslow, they, they didn't win a game, but you can't tell me they're not one of the better teams in our area considering they went toe-to-toe with Delcy, who was considered number two. And to, you, you get what I'm saying? So 100%. the same thing yeah. with Kingsway. Like, they just went toe-to-toe with the area's best team, one of the area's best teams, without playing their best. So it, it, it's one of those things that the schedule is either really, really tough on you right now yeah. or you are you haven't even hit your, your stride yet on your fourth, fifth. You know what I mean? You haven't hit that stride yet. So some teams are still filling that part of it out of this early season. Yeah, and Winslow, when, coming in the weekend, I thought Winslow was in a, in a spot, in a very similar spot would be Camden Eastside. Right. Where if you don't yeah. have a win, you can't make the playoffs. It doesn't matter how good your players are. Right. Mm-hmm. Like no, no one's saying, well, these guys missed the first half of the season mm-hmm. and they didn't win a game because they have a tough schedule, so we'll put them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Camden Eastside was off this week, so they're still in that position. They exactly. have no wins. Right. They have to get one. To be eligible. Exactly. Um, and Winslow last <laughs> night, they got theirs, 21-14. Uh, to 14, Jamil Peterson with two touchdown runs. Bill Belton's first win as a head coach. Congratulations again, Bill. Um, you know, I thought Winslow, you know, down a couple guys still. They found a way to win. A uh, really weird game because it was back and forth throughout. Shawnee gets a turnover. It sets them up with. No, four and a half, five minutes to drive down and try to tie or win the game. And unfortunately, Joe Papa gets injured, quarterback for Shawnee. So in comes Ethan Krause, who did it all, really. He had a great kick return. He had an interception. Really, really fine player. I mean, mm-hmm. he was extraordinary for Shawnee. So he comes in. He's running the ball, running the ball. Rod, it's fourth and long. And they say, well, he's the guy who's got to catch the pass. So they sub him. They sub in the backup, the backup, backup, backup quarterback, <laughs> which is Connors. Right. Uh, a kid who's who's been really great to me through the first part of this season. A good kid. He's got neck roll, man. I mean, he comes in. He's a quarterback, number so, 21. So is that is that the kid who had the injury yeah. that, that bounced back yeah. to, to play? Yeah, yeah, he's a really that's a that's a really cool story too. That, yeah. that, that's phenomenal. Um, he was partially or briefly, and and apologize if this isn't correct. It's been a few weeks, but he was briefly somewhat paralyzed from a, a diving accident right. here in the summer, mm-hmm. and uh, is now back to uh, is is fine, thankfully, but he's got this neck roll. So twenty one comes in. To throw a pass on fourth and long. He throws a fade down the sideline. Krause goes up and gets it. It was a great catch. It's, the video is on uh, my Twitter. And he toe taps, gets in there. So now he goes, Krause goes back to quarterback. And they work it down there and get a first and goal. They have one timeout left. And 
I believe on first down they gain, they ran it, gained some yards. Second down they gained some yards. So it's third and goal from maybe the four, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, fumbled snap. So it ends up being fourth and goal from about, let's say, the 10, 11, 12. And um, they lost track of downs. I mean, Krause is not the usual quarterback. He spiked it. The game was over. Wow. It was frenetic, and not having that timeout. They did call that one timeout when they were down there in that earlier in that scramble. Um, but you hate to see it end that way, you know. And and talking to Kraus afterwards, don't let that get to you. You were an incredible player. I mean, he and Peterson, I thought were the were the two best players last night in that game. Mm-hmm. Hold on one second, Mark. Turn your mic towards you a little bit. The top part. Yeah. There you go. Now I should pick you up real good. But go ahead. Sorry about that. Well, I mean, people. Are, I guess they can hear me. Right? <laughs> um, no, it was a, it was a big win um, for them specifically. Winslow to get on the board and Shawnee again. They are very good. And if Papa's in that game, you don't have to run. You know the same. You your playbook is open. I mean, you got a guy in there. You're wildcatting it down the field, running it five, six, seven, then he's got to go in and play receiver. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a it's a crazy end to that game, but really fun. It's something about that that I think uh, the old ball coach likes about right. <laughs> just running the same, run it again. We get four or five yards, run it again. It's something about that that I think he likes. And and that's a little bit of a, a, a space where he gets a little comfortable, man, when, when he right. has – you know, he's he's limited in playbook where he figures he can't throw and do certain things. And he says, you know what, student body left, student body right. He, they usually win those games. So for yeah. for Winslow to pull that one out last night to, to, to get the, you know, go on to win, that's a big win for them. Well, do you remember last year and, and talking to Bill afterwards, he was so relieved and, and Winslow's got to clean up the penalties, specifically delay of games. I mean... <laughs> We talked about that after the game. Uh, that they, I don't know how many penalties they had. I'm sure, I know Josh Friedman kept stats and, and he probably put it in his story. Uh, I mean, they had one, they had one first and goal that ended up a fourth and t- goal from the 24 yard line Jeez. off of two or three delay games. And Jimmy Wills, of course, ran it in on fourth and 24. <laughs> he ran in and scrambled in, ran in a touchdown. Um, similar to the Delsey play a couple weeks ago where the, the DBs had their backs turned looking for a Johnny and these other guys, and Jimmy got a block and, and goes in. But penalties have to get cleaned up um, for Winslow. Both of these teams are very, very good, What will be very good if they continue to mature. But last year, Winslow, remember they had these Saturday night games. We ended up there how many times? And they will win these wild games. Right at the end. Mm-hmm. And, you know, last night felt like that. And they had been on the short end of the stick against Northern Highlands and against uh, Delsey the first two weeks. They very easily could have won both those games. But to the point, you have to get that win to be eligible. And if you don't play a week zero game, you look at how Winslow started this season. No week zero game. Right, they were going to play Northeast out of Philly. They end up scrimmaging them because it wouldn't have counted towards points anyway because they're playing out of state. Mm-hmm. So they have no week zero game. They play their first game on Sunday night at Rutgers or six. I guess it was the six seven o'clock kick seven thirty right. Sunday night. Mm-hmm. They lose that game in a deluge heartbreaker. Kids cramping up. Then you have to turn around and play Friday night against Delsey when you're hurt. Short week. And you're playing a really good team, Mm -hmm. a team that wants to play in between the tackles, a team you don't want to play with with a short week of rest. Exactly. Then you lose that. Then you have a bye week. Right. So now the first month of the season is pretty much gone, and you got to win because you didn't have a week zero and a way to schedule shook out. I mean, that is how tight it can be. I think it puts an emphasis on week zero for these better teams. They're going to have to schedule games there. I mean, like Eastside didn't have a game week zero. Again, they go out next week. I think they go to Willingboro. Right. Got to get that win. 
uh, for sure. When the schedules are as tough as they are in a West Jersey League. Mm-hmm. All right, that's yeah, my it, own it, kind of soapbox. I mean, I mean, you're you're absolutely right, and it's it's something that we love as fans, right? Yeah. I mean, we we tend to trickle like you cannot trick. I, I want to say this, and you're talking about you know teams playing three games or teams playing four games, playing tough and this. Like, you can't trick South Jersey fans with games. They know when you're playing the better teams. They know when it's the better games that they should be at or paying attention to. So, like, teams are scheduling um, harder games, which is really, really good. But like you said, if you have no game, week one, and then you have a bye come week two or three, like, you could potentially be behind the eight ball to start the season out. Right. And the perception of your team, right? Let's just talk about that part of it. The perception of the team is if you lose two games, it's like, oh, they're not good. Right. So does does that part play into the the minds of the the, the players? Like, oh man, we're not good. It's 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 teams out there that are winning. Like, how does that work? Well, it's, that's it's true for, too. You can lose guys off the boat. Right. 100%. You're talking about teams playing four games and some playing two in the first month. Yeah, and and to that point too, Rod, not only is it difficult to figure out how to circle the wagons or have to do that with teenagers, mm-hmm. let's just call it what it is. If you have transfers that sit four weeks, you know, you don't have – if that happens, you got a guy comes in and sits for four weeks. The way, the, again, the way the schedule is and the season is shortened. If you're a good team or you're a team that's won the last three sectional titles in East High, you have a tough schedule, and you should. And if you have a guy that's not playing, a guy who's dinged up or one of your better players comes back to town, right? And that's what it is. Guess what? He's not playing. Well, there's no rider for that. There's no right, there's, fine yeah. print. Oh, okay, don't don't worry about it. They didn't have they didn't have these guys. And I'm yeah. not I'm not picking on that situation or East Side as a whole, but I'm saying that's the reality. No, that's the reality. Up. That's the reality of the situation and it, because it's a real situation and they're not the only program kind of going through that. Yeah. I mean, you look at it, their best two players who are eligible to play, they haven't played because right. they're injured. Right. So you take the best two players that are walking the hallways in anybody's school off of, off of their team, yeah. it's going to be tough to get a win because now you're relying on unproven young guys to come in and make key third down catches or to, to, to stand up on a third – third and, and three or third and two that you need that tough interior line play. You know, it, it's it's one of those things. And then you throw on top, hey, we got one of the best players in the country walking the hallway right. that hasn't played yet. And it's against good teams. <laughs> right. I mean, you could get away with that if you're yeah. playing a team you should beat right. regardless. Um, and that's just not yeah. the case. I mean, so Absolutely it's right. It's a different reality. The week, this season is shorter, of course, uh, because of the playoffs on the back end. So I, I think there's, I think there's uh, definitely some, some. I think there's going to be some things coaches and programs learned out of this season moving forward of how to secure themselves eligibility for the playoffs. It's the first year of it, adjustment yeah. period. They'll yeah. get it together. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll come back. We got more to recap. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, a, kind of a, a twist about next week's schedule. I think I'm going to add a different element to the way I picked this Friday game. I know where Saturday's game is going to be, and that's going to be the game of the week. We're going to talk about that one too, Anthony. I know you're ready for that. Uh, we'll be back right after this. Sit tight. A lot of ball to talk about. Welcome back, guys. Um, and ladies, Dwayne Morris, our guy, gives a shout-out to Jada Byers, St. Joe. He's doing his thing at Virginia Union. As always, is all he knows how to do. One of the few three-time hat men. Um, thought Daryl Brown had an opportunity to become another one. 
on Friday night. If they win that game, very well could have. And now Shoppy has two, so he, he puts himself on the precipice of uh, possibly being in that elite three-hat group. Only three folks have gotten the hat three times. That would be Jada, Ron Ron Holloway, and Monty Williams. Um, all right. A couple things we'll just touch on real quick. Thursday night, Pensalkin rolls over Trenton. The Ali brothers, good story there by uh, Kevin Minnick about those those kids and that family and, and football all the way. Great guys. Shout out to them. Hopefully they're watching. Um, a big win for Code Red. I think it was 63 nothing or 53 nothing. I don't know. It was, it was a route. Atlantic City gets back in the win column. They beat Deptford. That was a good win for them. Uh, how about Holy Spirit 28-7 over St. Augustine? Uh, I thought this game would be a little bit Closer than that on the final score sheet, but another big win for Holy Spirit, who seemed to overcome that St. Joe loss. They beat Washington Township, and now to win by three touchdowns over the Hermits. Uh, Haddonfield, Woodbury, we mentioned that. Someone asked, how good is Haddonfield? Haddonfield is very, very good. They have one of their big rivalry tests this week with West Defford, and then the next week, the game, everyone is uh, very excited about against Camden High. Mainland, huge win over Hamilton. Hamilton will fall um, definitely in everybody's rankings. They had done so much early in the season. Mainland, Jabril Mace, Franchini, a quarterback, the freshman. Um, he is poised at Mainland. Jamie Tyson, hat guy. The Mustangs getting better and better. You saw... You know, they lost that game to Ocean City by one point. They had the lead. I think they felt they let that slip against their rival. That staff, again, Tim Watson, Clive Folsom, Chuck Smith's done a great job bringing these guys in, letting them do their thing, and you can see the benefits. Mainland is the real deal. Um, and this is a week after they beat Atlantic City by like 30 points. So mm -hmm. uh, they're really getting it going. Saturday, Salem beat Cedar Creek 26-20. Here's one that I don't think a lot of people would have expected in the score. Haddon Heights beats Pensgrove 26-3. Big win for Heights. Big win. That's, that's a little bit of a, a shocker to me. Especially because the week before, uh, Pensgrove, They were Salem right there with was, Salem. They, no, it was a dogfight, right? 20 14 so, yeah. You would, I, I, I kind of thought they were getting their groove, you know, hitting that, uh, hitting their stride, kind of figuring out, you know, who they were as a team. And to, to hear that score, that, that's a bit shocking. Well, like we mentioned uh, Wednesday, the rivalry game, right? Mm -hmm. uh, how do you bounce back from that rivalry game? I thought Salem bounced back pretty well for, you know, they jumped out to a lead. Mm -hmm. uh, Selby played really well for them. Um, and then they hung on kind of down the stretch. But Pensgrove, uh, I'm not taking anything away from Heights, but I don't think anyone saw them winning that game by 23 points. Big win for the Garnets. Congratulations. All those over there. Um, excuse me. Kevin Harvey gets his first win. You talk about finding a way to bounce back. They beat West Defford for another rivalry game, 32-28 at Paulsboro. You got the sense after that game at Woodbury last week where they were absolutely trounced. There were going to be major changes. Mm -hmm. Attitude changes maybe first and foremost. And there certainly were. They get, they get in the win column. Huge win for Paulsburg. Another team, you looked at their schedule and said, as things go down here, they got to get that win. They got to get a couple wins. Congratulations, Harv. On that first win, um, you are the man. And North Jersey, some some wins here that stood out. Bosco hammered Bergen, and I think it was thirty-one to seven, yeah. something like that. And I, from people I know that were at the game, they said it really wasn't that close. I'm a Bergen guy, man. My, I don't know any kids that have ever gone to Don Bosco, so to hear that, you know, some of my guys, Malachi Mercer, uh, one of their premier linebackers, I mean, 
he's a, he's a guy that always came to South Jersey and competed in, in some of the uh-huh. combines and things like that. But to see they got they got dog walk like that, that's like that's eye opening. Crazy. <laughs> that's eye opening. Wow. Irvington hung in there with Seton Hall Prep. They fall in a close one. Uh, that's a good game. Non-pub public game. We've seen Irvington this year. Of course, last year. Got a lot of really great talent. Uh, they fall just short against Seton Hall Prep. Uh, Red Bank Catholic, 14. Donovan Catholic, 7. Red Bank Catholic, one of the better parochials. That's a close one as well. Uh, St. Peter's Prep, 41. St. Joe Montville, I don't know what. I don't know what the final score was. I think it was 41-37 or something close to that. Another good game. Um, St. Peter's Prep finds a way. And, yeah. Survivor pool, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I'm still okay. Still in it? Yeah, this week it's tough. Um, I'm not sure what to do. I still have a little bit of time left. It all depends on if uh, Mr. Herbert, I think, is going to play for the Chargers. I get Jacksonville at home. If he's not, and he's going to be limited as is, but you look across the NFL these first couple weeks, like we talked about with high school, Rod, the parity, it makes it hard to pick yes. for a survivor game. I don't think there are many spreads out there, if, you, if you're into that thing. Which I'm not into gambling on it, but I look at it for the survivor. I don't think there's very many out there that are above five this week. There's a couple. One of them is the birds are six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. I don't like that uh, at all. I think the birds – I'm worried about the Eagles today, man. It's always a slog when you play down at Washington. It's like things go wrong. It's a short week for the Eagles. They, they are kind of playing that role the Vikings were last week where they're thinking about how good they are uh, after what they did to the Vikings on Monday night. Rivalry game. Washington has a full week coming off a loss. Uh, of course, there's the Carson Wentz mm-hmm. motivation factor for them. I'm not saying the Birds won't win, but I definitely wouldn't pick it in Survivor. It's it's going to be a tough game. Always is weird there. Um, all right, so let's let's talk high school again. Let's get back to to our bread and butter. Looking at the games next week on Friday night, there are some decent games inside of those divisions we usually cover. Uh, When you look at Shawnee and St. Augustine's a decent game, but the Hermits, uh, you know. Both teams. Both teams coming off a loss. Two, two, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's going to be a decent game, and there are some that, that will be good games. There will be good games on Friday night. There, there usually are. However, in looking at teams I've seen or will see, it's tough to pick what game to go to. Not one jumps out. I think what we're going to do, I think I'm going to pick four or five games across South Jersey of places where the hat has never been or seen. And I believe we're going to launch a poll somewhere. Stay tuned uh, to see where I'll go on Friday night. I think that's what I want to do. And and talking talking about it last night with uh, Mike Frankel, Jersey Sports Zone, and also with Josh of the Courier. And that'd yeah, be cool. You know, I'm looking at a couple games here. I think maybe I include Pemberton at Maple Shade, Clayton at Glassboro, Lower Cape May at Middle Township. Um, there's a few that kind of stand out of places I would like to, you know, good, should be good games, places I've never been. Let's get the hat to a new school and, and crank it up that way. So we'll figure out where it is, and then we'll preview that game a little bit on Wednesday night. But the game of the week will be Salem and Woodstown. No doubt about no that. No doubt about that. That'll be noon at Walnut Street in Salem on Saturday. These teams played for, I don't know, Anthony, you can tell us the exact amount of years, but a lot of them in the triple digits every year on Thanksgiving, except this year. It's been moved. And mm-hmm. both teams are very good. Woodstown is undefeated. They have James Hill, who's one of our top backs so far this year. Uh, Max Webb, a quarterback. Garrity up front. Big team. They beat Glassburn a tight one. 
on Friday. I think they kind of overlooked that game. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It doesn't get much bigger for these two teams than to play. You know, say what you will about the season Salem had last year. And say what you will about resting players or, or not resting players for that re, for that bowl game mm-hmm. that they beat Woodbury in. They ended their season on a win right. against Woodbury. Woodstown ended theirs on a win against Salem. Turkey Day, they won. So, and they could have played. I mean, they were Woodbury wins that game eight to six in the mm-hmm. sectional final against Woodstown, but. Uh, they could have played there as well. So this is going to be, I would imagine, pretty intense. And I think it's uh, definitely the game of the week. Definitely the game of the week. So Friday, we'll open it up. We'll see who wants to uh, help us pick where to go on Friday night. But Saturday, I will be in Walnut Street. Some good games coming up, Rod. I, I don't know the exact weeks. I do know Haddonfield and Camden are in two weeks. I know we've got Woodbury and Woodstown. That rematch is coming up from last year. We still got Woodbury and Salem. That rematch from last year is coming up. We still got Millville and Cherokee. Uh, Millville and Shawnee in a couple weeks. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of really really good games still. I'm excited. South Jersey football, man, we hit, hitting a stride. <clears throat> close to midseason, inch in there. So close. it's 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 time that um it's it's time that <laughs> the teams to start hitting their hitting their strides. We start seeing who's who and and a little bit of a separation. That's one thing I'll say. Um, that's a little bit different this year. Is it's not that big of a a, a gap between the ones and everybody else. You know, some years before, um, with some of those teams, it was a clear yeah. line between who were the best five teams in the area, and and now it's kind of like, right? That even the number one team, like they're they're good, but but they've shown some vulnerability. So um, there's no one unbeatable, right, out there in South Jersey, right? And I think Friday night proved that. When we saw Delsey. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think our top four or five are pretty pretty sturdy. And I say that, you know, I always think that. And then the next week something crazy happens. <laughs> to your point. Um, but this was the first week, Rod, where it truly felt like football season. Mm-hmm. And... I thought the games reflected that. Um, I, I thought that when it's when it's warm out and the games are just sometimes you just don't know who's going to show up. Mm-hmm. And you go out there and there are games you think, this is going to be a great game, and it might even be close, but it's not a great game. Mm-hmm. Or there's no moment to remember. Um this week, I thought that was not the case. I thought even though the game on Friday night could have been played a lot better by both sides, and they both would say that, I thought it was an entertaining game with big plays, turnovers, excitement, uh, the atmosphere at Kingsway. I've got to give a shout-out to their booster club. Yes. Uh, I met with them before the game. I know they had D2 there. Yes. Uh, they made that happen, which we appreciate. And also, they had the stands were packed. The student section is packed. The band is great. The pre- they got a yeah. dance team, cheerleading team. Yeah. Youth cheerleaders are there. They had all the kids run out through the band. I'm talking about like yeah, little guys, seven-year-olds yeah. in their jerseys. That is what high school football is yeah. all about. Coach Hendricks and, and the Booster Club and all of them, and, and, and June Chaffee, the AD, they have mm-hmm. done an excellent job of bringing that. That's the portrait of what you want high school football to look like, right? <laughs> Yep. That was that was awesome. That's the, that's exactly the feel that you want when you go to some of these games. I, w- I was at the game um, the week before Cedar Creek. They did an excellent job too. They had their young guys there, 
uh, the youth program. They ran out with them too. But the way the the atmosphere at Kingsway was really cool. You yeah. know, um, they opened the doors for us. They allowed us to do and set up any way that we wanted to. Um, Booster Club stepped in and just seeing the they they had a pre game show. I don't know if you were there for that. You I probably was, was over at the think. Booster Club, but yeah, I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> we <laughs> they had a pre game show like the, they had the guitars, the the drummers, the band. Awesome. I mean, they put on the whole show, awesome. and it was it was pretty cool um, to to see it. But you could definitely feel the vibe of the the high school with the youth program kind of bridging that gap that uh, sometimes is there in the community. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and. To look at what Kingsway's athletics program has been able to do, um, it's not just football. Mm -hmm. Like they said the other night uh, over the announcements, and Zach Bates, who does the announcing, uh, great job. Awesome to see you. Uh, Kingsway has the number one field hockey team in the state and number three in the country right, right. now. Mm -hmm. um, they, have a, they usually have a heck of a wrestling program. Their softball team is always very good. Um, you know they they do a really nice job with their athletics program and the football. You could see that was that was an atmosphere that was great. But Rod, you see that and you're feeling it. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay, it's a little bit chillier. We're feeling like this is a playoff type atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And then I felt like last night coming right down to the wire, the fumble by Winslow, Shawnee getting it, Shawnee having an injury, fighting through that injury, first and goal, timeout, you know, fumble, recover. Final play, although it was a little bit anticlimactic, the final right. play, still, it was like real slightly heartbreak, right? Like, ah, like mm -hmm. that lead up to that, the clock ticking down and then that play, and that felt like football. Not, we got to stop every six seconds because somebody has a cramp. And, <laughs> and I'm not saying, the I mean, the game last night was sloppy. I mean, it was sloppy, and it was, and it, you know, like I mentioned the penalties earlier, wasn't, this wasn't some work of art, but it was mm. football. It was high school football, and it's cold. Something about when that temperature dropped. Coach Max up in the stands, and yeah. it was great to see him. It was great. You know who else was there on the sideline was um, Patrick Tui, mm. who, yeah, remember, we, we did his, yep. his book release um, last February. Or it was cold. Something like yeah, it was cold. That's a, <laughs> you, you remember that? Um, he's doing great, and and it was good to see him. Um, it was just a fun. It was a fun game, fun environment, close game. Um, Dwayne's got says there's some big matchups at MetLife on Friday night. Um, let's take a quick break, Rod, and let's come back with some parting shots as we look forward to next week and what we can expect on Wednesday night's show with Coach Mack when he's back here on the South Jersey Football Frenzy Show. And if you guys missed it on Wednesday, uh, congratulations again to Sully on the birth of his uh, baby boy. We'll be back right after this. Sit tight. Joe McColgan, Nick Strom, and John Darty have been part of a lot of wins in South Jersey football. They won on the field. Let them win for you in the game of real estate. With over $200 million in real estate transactions between the three of them, and over 30 years of real estate experience. They're servicing anywhere in South Jersey, from the Philadelphia Bridges all the way to the Cape May Lighthouse. With one of South Jersey's fastest-growing teams, $29.5 million alone in real estate sales in 2021 and 22. First-time home buyers, seller consultations, relocations, rentals, downsizing, or... If you're not quite sure how to get started in the process of real estate, give them a call for a free consultation at 609-314-9862. That's South Jersey Elite. They won on the field. Let them win for you in the game of real estate. Final segment in the show, big show on Wednesday night. Montre, I see you in here. Uh, coach Wright, Salem. Yeah, man, a man's got to have a code. Now, 
Yes, Omar's saying Omar uh, Little of the Wire on my shirt. It's my favorite television character. I didn't um, even see you were wearing that, man. That that's crazy. You picked that up. Ah, oh, you can see it there. I didn't even know you had that shirt yeah, on. That's man. one of my favorite series, man. Oh man, I love Omar. <laughs> um, I named my cat after him. Really? Yeah. Um, let's let's just touch yeah, that, yeah. man. The Wire. I, I don't know too many shows out right now that that are close to the Wire, but ever the the Wire is like a cult classic, yeah. right? Like that that was so. Omar is your favorite character, right? Yeah. That his character in itself is is like. Just an epic, all-time great character, right? When he starts whistling and he's walking, yeah, she stands alone. You know, is that is that's a class. I just it's funny. I, uh, during the summertime, I always go back and rewatch all the episodes, and I just binge watch in my basement. <laughs> Nobody got to once you start. <laughs> you're like, man, I I'm gonna watch all this, all of it. Yeah. Just order pizza in or a cheesesteak or something and, and just sit and enjoy the wire. But yeah, great, great show, man. Oh man. If you know what I loved about that show is by the end of it, mm-hmm. there were so many characters that were introduced. Right. Bubbles. That you would see one scene with like each of them. Right. So then so it's like you're catching up on what everyone is doing, but the one scene that's always the scene you're looking forward to right. is what is Omar up to? What is like Omar? you one once you hear the whistle, yeah. um, that's the scene you're like, here we go. Like uh, if I got to use the restroom, like I got to pause <laughs> yeah. it now. Right. Um, there's only and and of, out of all those characters, I think there's really only a couple. I think there's two out of all of them that I just don't like. Just flat out don't like Rob. Hold on. All right. It's too, too. I know one of them you might be able to guess because I think a lot of people agree with me. Okay. But a lot of people don't, surprisingly. Like a lot of people like this character and I can't stand him. Who do you like? But not the other bubbles, one. Not Bubbles. Bubbles no, is funny. I'm great with Bubbles. <laughs> okay. I love Bubbles. All right. I can't. The first guy I can't stand is, has a smaller piece, but that's Herc. Okay. Like Herc. I'm, I'm not, I don't <laughs> like just her. Didn't like his, the vibe. what happens with yeah. him. I do not like him. Right. And the other one is Stringer. Oh, you mean like Stringer Bell? No. no. You just thought he was too slick trying to get over? No, I just, I thought he was. You thought he was better than everybody. That, mm-hmm. I thought he was running a game on his, on his own, on his people. best friend. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I ain't like, Stringer, you know, I don't want to spoil. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't seen the show because I would say you need 20, to watch the show. <laughs> the Wire's been out 20 years. Yeah, I know, I know that. But but still, if you haven't seen the show, I want you to go watch it. Um, and I don't want to spoil anything. But I will say, you know, I was not unhappy with the way Stringer's oh yeah character brother my zone was one of my that, that's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. That character it, he comes in when it's necessary, like. That's just it, brother. My Iron Man, is my guy, and then I like um, like Marlo, and it, it's funny yeah. because I told my son this over the weekend. My name is my name. That's like, right. I had that's to. All we exp- got. I, that's all we got. That's I had to explain got. that yep. to him in so many in so many words uh, because of some stuff that was going on. But I, it's funny that you could reach back to, yeah. to those shows and kind of pull something out from it. But yeah. That, that's one of my favorite too, a classic. I didn't even know you had the shirt on. I didn't pay it any mind. This past, uh, any anybody who knows me knows I my probably one of my biggest weaknesses is clothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, this past summer, Kith, uh, Ronnie Fike, they came out with a line for the wire. And uh, you know anybody who's who's gotten Kith before or you ever tried to, you know it's. You got to be there right on the release to have a shot, or else you have to buy uh, resale and, and the prices go way up. But I was able to get the two Omar, Omar pieces, and mm-hmm. 
the part of the proceeds, or I think all of the proceeds from the Omar shirts went to a foundation established uh, either by when he was alive or posthumously someone close to him, Michael K. Williams, who, who gotcha. of course passed away, the, the actor portrayed Omar. So, um, yeah, I was really excited about that because you, there, there's not a lot of like Omar related merch right. out there. It's not like, Bart Simpson, who I also mm-hmm. love, or yeah. you know, Snoopy, who I also love. But uh, it, I mean, I mean, I, I, listen, if you haven't seen The Wire, go ahead, press pause right now. Yeah. But the way that Omar uh, character ended, I mean that that is classic. Like you, you talk about going back episode after after uh-huh. episode after episode. The the one guy, the one person who was absolutely afraid of him. Is the one that kind of ended it all for Omar. It's it's kind of one of those things that you overlook the little guy. You know what I mean? It's like kid, move out of the way, kid. Yeah. One of those things. Yeah. So, but great show, and uh, I, I, we couldn't let that pass. Not a not a show you want to start right now in football season. Oh no, there's no, no, too much no. going on. No, that's uh, a summer. Too many good games. That's yeah. a winter or summertime. That's right in Stable. between uh, baseball, get ready to start. You know, that, that little window where it's really nothing to do. You just yeah. sit in your basement, get your little your little throw, right. you know, pizza, wings. You come into King, you best not miss. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Omar Little, one of the greats. So, um, football, Rod, again, uh, big games this week. Mm. We're winding towards the playoffs things feel like football you've got to bundle up I know you don't love that part about it but I do I do I love the the chill that goes in the air um, it just what I love most is that the season's beginning to have a personality the season has been like first dates for the first month of the season, it, that's how it is now. Because teams don't have a lot of practice time. They don't even know their personality. They get out there those first couple games. But once they have it, then you get to know a season. You get to know some teams. You get to know a person. You then can uh, really enjoy the season. And that's nothing against the however many games I saw the first few weeks. But it's just not like it is now and moving forward. Now, to your point earlier, you mentioned the kids who don't want to be involved, the, the pretenders are gone. Whether they're on a team, they quit. <laughs> whether coaches quit, you know, assistant coaches. Whether the people who don't want to work the snack stand quit. Or just teams that... You look at pretenders, contenders, you know, favorites, whatever, teams we think are in the mix that maybe they start slow and they fall away. Or somebody comes charging up, like a Timber Creek is still undefeated. Congratulations, Coach Wright. They have a big one next week against Highland. That's a big game on Friday night, um, too. But either way, this thing starts to find its footing and, and starts to find a groove. And that's what's enjoyable. And it's hard to see that sometimes when you're standing in 100-degree weather in a shirt and tie. (laughs) It's hard to say, you know what? I'm going to be in love with this season soon, just like I'm in love with them all the time. You're like, man, the teams aren't – this is not the same. It's just not – it feels different this year, and we go back through it every year. It does, but then the rewarding part comes up. And that's that's where we're getting. And I love that about this sport. And I love that about South Jersey and the teams we see and what we can expect from them. Um, I like that we watch a game on Friday where Delcy wins that game, and I know Sal is not going to be happy about it. And I like to hear him say why he's not happy about it. Like he said, it's a rat poison, Nick Saban. 
the ratings don't matter yet. None of this stuff, kids are, are smelling themselves. They're feeling good. They shouldn't be. We got a lot of work to do. I like that we know we're going to hear that from Sal because Sal is a staple in South Jersey landscape. That's what you get from Delsey. It's not good enough unless you hang a banner. That might be different from somewhere else where you say, this is you know the personality of that coach and that program. It's interesting. It's fun. It's what makes it worth it. It's why we're here twice a week to talk about it. And every, everywhere in between, we're either at a game or we're doing something else, Rob. So that's why we're playing through the pain as you are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely playing, playing through the pain. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, I think that's going to do it this week. I want everybody to be happy and healthy and make sure uh, you tune in on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. right here, whether you're watching on YouTube or Facebook. We'll be right in that same spot. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple or any of the streaming platforms, um, we will be back with the South Jersey Football Frenzy Show on Wednesday. We'll have the episodes up usually on Thursday. A lot to talk about always. It never stops here with South Jersey football and New Jersey football, for that matter. Thank you, everybody from North Jersey who tuned in as well. Good luck to everybody's favorite teams. We'll be back Wednesday. We'll preview all the action. We'll touch on some of the stuff we saw this week a little bit more in depth with Coach. He gives a different, gives a different breakdown. We've already started talking about his soapbox topic which is, uh, you know, quickly becoming a favorite on the show. So um, thank you, Sully. Thank you, everybody. South Jersey Realty Group. South Jersey Elite Realty Group. Charlie, I see, I see Charlie in here. Last thing I'll say, I'm glad you got to experience Lane Stadium. I'm sorry you had to experience what happened there. <laughs> but... Um, not talking about that. Though. I'm not talking about it. Right at the end. Thank you. Yo, I got one more question. All right, all right. right, right. R.J. Moten for Michigan, too. R.J. Yes. Moten. Yes. Yo, did you see what happened with Herm Edwards? I just wanted to ask you that. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did see what happened with Herm, and I saw the reports that teams were – or their team or their program or their athletic department was making it easy to scout against them, quote, unquote, to try to get Herm out. Get him fired. That is unbelievable. It is, it is unbelievable. There was a lot of, of uh, polarizing stuff in the sports news world yeah. this week, from Boston right. to that. <laughs> and, Boston. <laughs> and all I'll say is this. We're in a very headline-driven society. Okay. That is what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But having been, having at one point being a, a news reporter sports reporter, whatever. I'll just say you never truly know what happens on the what what leads to the headline. Right. So, you know, I think about it in the past. And and I'm not I'm not passing judgment. I don't I don't care. You know, mm -hmm. it's but like you never know what will come out down the road. Mm -hmm. And it may be that Arizona State sabotaged Herm Edwards and that was just an outright terrible thing to do and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Very well could be. Today, everybody is thinking that. But we don't know. And is, and I'm not saying anything about Herm Edwards, but we don't. what if something comes out in two months that Herm Edwards did this, this, and this, and Herm Edwards ends up going, you know, getting cuffed? And, you know, then it's like, well... Why did I, I felt this way in the beginning and now more was revealed. Yeah, yeah. So what I mean is not saying that that would be the case, but you never really know yeah. what is going down. But the headline That's says... That's a wild story, though. Yes. It, the headline says Arizona State basically <laughs> played Stringer Bell <laughs> to Herm Edwards, D or Avon Barksdale, and... And that's what happened. So sabotage, my God. Yeah, man. that's funny. That is bad. That, the whole staff needs to go after that one. But that's just that. I saw that. I was like, man, this is unbelievable where uh, sports is going right now. I, I know when sometime when you want a guy out, 
you want him out. But yeah. I mean, it looked bad when he met the president and and the athletic right on the field. On, man. on the field, that you that part I don't blame him about because they got they got whitewashed by somebody that was uh, Eastern Michigan, was it, or somebody yeah. crushed them. Then they did not let him get. They changed the code to the. They man. changed the padlock to the locker room while like, he was out there. They told him like. They looked buddy. at halftime. There's a note. He ain't coming back. He ain't coming back. Yo, Herm, we just want to tell yeah. you, you go straight to your car, buddy. We got your stuff back. Don't worry outside about it. the door. Don't. It'll worry. be sent to you. It'll yeah. We 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 thought you played to win the game, <laughs> not played to get smacked around by a directional Michigan. Yeah. Hello, you play to win the game, but. Just when we thought we were out, Rod pulls us back in. <laughs> we out of here. That, that's a good finish. Uh, everybody, we'll see you Wednesday night. Thanks again for tuning in. Enjoy your football. Um, you know, get ready. South Jersey Football Frenzy Show. Hats off podcast. We'll be back next Sunday also at 9 a.m. Thank you. Share it out. Have a good week.